This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another episode of the Voice of the Land podcast. As you all know, we typically take this moment to name our podcast. We are on episode number 23. We could have named this after Dr. Smooth, Michael Brantley. We could have named it after Joe Hayden or Demaryius Randall, two defensive backs that have played and play. Really solid players. Really solid players for the Cleveland Browns. But you guys already know where I'm going with this, who we're naming this podcast after. I'm wearing his shoes today. <laughs> we're going with the chosen one, the king, LeBron James. You can say all you want. You can have your feelings towards the guy about being in L.A. You can still hold a grudge for him going to Miami when the Cavs were building what seemed to be a great team here in Cleveland. Guess what? The guy came back. He honored his promise. He's from here. He won a championship here. Brought the biggest moment in our history, in our sports history here in Cleveland. Reality of the situation, we give you guys reality checks all the time. There is only one man we're naming this podcast for episode 23 after, and that is LeBron freaking James. I'm glad you said LeBron freaking James because I was thinking of a couple of words out there that we probably shouldn't be posting on the podcast. We do not post on our podcast. That's right. We want everybody to be able to listen, and we appreciate all those that have listened. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, and alongside me as always, my buddy, my brother, Nick Paulus. On today's pod, we are going to get into, we mentioned that this is LeBron James podcast. We're getting into some NBA, some Cavs and finals angles. We're also going to get into Browns talk and some other topics as they as they kind of come up. Before we get into everything today, remember you guys can follow us at VTL underscore POD on Twitter at VTL underscore pod. We're posting a bunch of polls, questions of the week. Reach out to us. Give us your comments, your questions. We will read them on air and tell us what you like, what you don't like. We are always in it to appease those that want to listen. But we're at the end of the day, we're going to do what we what we do best here. <laughs> it's what we do best. What Paulus and I do best here behind the mics. You guys can always follow Paulus at CLE underscore Paulus. Myself at Kevin and Seven on Twitter. Find us Google, Spotify, Apple, all the podcasting platforms, the main podcasting platforms you can find us on. Wherever you're listening right now, there's a whole other platform to find us on. Just quickly, Paulus, since we don't see each other. Yeah. You know, we only see each other once a week. We are recording a little bit earlier this week because of different schedules. How's the week been? What, what do you got up for this weekend, man? Thursday's been super chill. Everything's been going really sweet. I'm actually wearing my Hawaiian shirt today. Yeah. Too fat say. to fit in anything else, so it feels <laughs> great. But no, I'm I'm was, loving I'm loving life right now. Gonna, I thought you were pulling your Mike Holmgren thing on. A little bit. And I'm not going <laughs> to steal money from anyone though. Okay. So, uh but yeah, no doing great. Uh, how's uh, how's today been going for you, Kev? That's okay. Yeah, the week's been okay. Any updates it's, yet? No, no, no? updates. Okay. Nothing I want to really. Nothing I really want to share. It's okay. Okay day. Just trying to put the work in, and dreams don't come true until you put the work in. So that's right. That's what we're both trying to do, and that's what we're that's what we're here to do. So, speaking of putting the work in, professional athletes, you see them all the time. We have players here for the Cavs. We're going to start with the NBA. You have players like Colin Sexton and Larry Nance Jr. You see them at Cleveland Clinic courts when they're inter- introducing their yeah at shootarounds, but introducing their their new head coach and John Beeline. And this guy's out there coaching them while these guys are working on their game. So theme of this podcast is if you got a dream, work hard to to achieve that dream. Absolutely. As players in the NBA and in professional sports have achieved that dream. 
in terms of what is going on in the NBA right now, Cavs are still in the process of evaluating talent. You got the draft coming up later on in June as we are about to turn the calendar to June here in a couple days. We want to make sure that we mention that our thoughts, our prayers are with Dan Gilbert, his family. Of, uh, of course, unfortunately, he suffered uh, stroke-like symptoms and is still in a hospital right now. So all of our prayers, all of our best to him. That is what matters more than us just talking on this simple little podcast right here. But we want to make sure we do mention that. So Kobe Altman is in the process with his his team of scouts. Any, any changes, Paulus, for you as we've kind of thought about it more and any players really looking at information that's kind of come out, who's coming in for visits and stuff? Well, one thing that sort of broke today, it was actually on RBS on the really big show on ESPN 850 WKNR with uh, Tony Rizzo and uh, Aaron Goldhammer. Mm -hmm. Brian Windhurst actually joined the team from, I believe it was from 12 to 1215. Yeah, he joined around noon. I was in the car listening to it. Okay, great. Yeah, so he had like some reports, I think. He he had a couple of reports out there and they were saying, you know, who are they, you know, who are the Cavs really trying to focus in on? He believes that they are focusing uh, on to Hunter out of uh, Virginia. Thoughts on that? I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not. It, see, I'm I'm okay with it because he, from everything that I've heard, he's a two-way player. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to like his effort that he gives out on the floor, which is what the NBA is really all about. I mean, if you give great effort, you're a phenomenal player. But if you don't give any effort, like look at Andrew Wiggins. Everyone loved Andrew Wiggins coming out of coming out of mm-hmm. college there, but he hasn't done really anything in the NBA because he slacks off. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, he'll he could put up thirty point games all day long if he wanted to. He just doesn't. He he like zones out of games. Apparently, with this Hunter kid, you're not going to have that issue, which is something that you need on a young basketball team. And apparently, John Beeline loves to coach young players and really gets them amped up for mm-hmm. the game. I think that would probably be a solid fit. I don't. I don't like the sound of that. It's not that I would be upset if they took Hunter, mm-hmm. but I don't like the sound of it because his name was not not a name that I associated with Virginia basketball. When I when Virginia basketball comes to mind, names that come up, I know he had a good tournament, especially towards the end, as Virginia won the national championship. But his name didn't really resonate with me when I heard that kind of disgust after the picks were set after the lottery that was a name that came out and I was I heard the name before I heard the college in that brief moment I was like where did he play because it didn't resonate with me Mm -hmm. because I didn't think that he was the best player on his team on a national championship team I think of Kyle Guy Ningolo Kante the the big man in the middle who is that energy effort guy for Virginia I know I think he's going back for his senior season and not saying that these guys are more talented than Hunter. Sure. But names that I associated there. So that kind of gives me a little pause being excited about that. I actually have a CBS mock draft. Do you really? I do. I oh, have boy. the CBS mock draft. Okay. Let's uh, let's, let's, let's go, man. We, we're here in the business of... Well, let's do it, right? Yeah. Now All that right. we know who's picking where... We got the top these five. These mock drafts actually matter. We got the top five right here. So <laughs> wait, wait. that's a good point. Hang you on. make a very good point about <laughs> yeah. that. The NBA mock drafts, you can't get into that at all. You can't. You can only get into it for a month. (laughs) That's true. The NFL, 
even before oh, all the picks are set. It's a process. Yeah, you can get into it from Jan- at least January when the, the, the picks are ends. set. Yeah, right. pretty much. The first 20 picks are set. In the NBA, you got you got I saw mock drafts yeah, like for 3 weeks. <laughs> I've seen mock drafts for 2020. Yeah. How do you know? Who's t- I know you know who the talent's going to be. Big boards are fine. Yeah. I think that's a little pet peeve Big of mine. Big boards are totally fine, but whenever you're expecting, like, the Sacramento Kings to yeah. end up with the second pick of the draft and they almost make, you know, the playoffs, you're going a little too far out of the way for that. I guess if you want to predict where people are going to select, you want to predict lottery as well as players. Yeah. More power to you, but hey, it's just not, good luck. It's good not luck a big with thing that. for me. Uh, obviously, we have Zion and John Morant going one and two, respectfully. Uh, we have R.J. Barrett, which I think is the clear-cut number three uh, as of right now, going to the Knicks. The Lakers actually are apparently supposed to be taking DeAndre Hunter. So, in your board, Hunter's gone. Who's the next one available? It's either Garland out of Vanderbilt, who only played five games, or... You know, I think he was the number one recruit going into last year. Or for me, Jarrett Culver is, is the name at the at the top of my list. Hey, Jarrett, I don't know Cul- why, Jarrett Culver is the number five pick who would be coming to the Cavaliers. And honestly, I watched a lot of Texas Tech games. You know, as as the season went on, I got a lot more into college basketball this year than the NBA. And you know me, I'm that big basketball fan, oh, yeah. so I'm watching as much as I can. And I watched as many Texas Tech games that were on that I could. This guy. Being second-year player, just having that poise on the court, understanding how to be that leader. He might be the most talented player on his team, but he understands how to allow the team to develop chemistry on the court each time they went out there. And, yes, I know Virginia won the championship. Texas Tech didn't. And Texas Tech played Virginia, they, right? They, they did. So, yeah, national championship so if you game. Had a rank at Hunter versus Culver. If that's the only thing head, that we're debating about, right. is, Oh, they won the national championship, so right. he should be chosen. Then ahead. you're using Hell one no. game. Right. I just I like the poise and the the ability to understand situations more for Culver than I do for Hunter because, like, like I said, Hunter's name doesn't res- doesn't resonate with me, and I'm sure he's pretty talented and he may have a good career. I'm not saying anything against that. I'm just saying the name that is there for me that sticks out from highlights that I, I watched, games that I watched, is Jarrett Culver out of Texas Tech. I think the top three picks. The, the players are set. The players are set Don't know in about there. the teams. Exactly. We're, we're not 100% sure about the teams, but... I mean, you're if you're debating about you know who we get, you know whether it's DeAndre Hunter or Jarrett Culver. Where's Garland go? Garland's at number Montreux. six. Number six okay. to the Phoenix Suns. Number seven is Kobe White to the Bulls, mm-hmm. and number eight is Cam Reddish to the Hawks. I've been hearing a lot of things about the Cavaliers very interested in Cam Reddish. I don't know how I feel about that because. Whenever you look at the guy, you look and you're like, oh, man. I mean, he could play the shooting guard. He played the small forward spot. Great abilities that he has. But in the games for Duke, it just didn't all click for him, especially whenever Zion was out. Mm-hmm. He was a ghost. You didn't even see him out there. Yeah, I think that, that worries me. When you're looking at the top three Duke players that teamed up and went to Duke to try to win a national championship, these top three recruits, you think Zion – RJ Reddish, in that order. And we're talking like tiers. We're talking like, you know, Empire State building difference yeah. between Zion and Cam Reddish. Right. And I think 
that R.J. Barrett has a good chance of being a star, like a really. I think he could be an a bona fide, yeah, a bona fide all star in the NBA. Absolutely, maybe not all the way to Zion's level, but a lot closer than it, what it looked like at Duke because, again, being overshadowed. When Zion went down, RJ was the one trying to lead them through that tough stretch. They had gotten so used to all of them being on the floor, having that chemistry. Then one guy goes down in the middle of a season when everybody's playing their be- some of their best basketball, trying to make that case, build that resume for the NCAA tournament. These guys are going up against teams that are able to give that best shot and now you don't have all your all the weapons in the arsenal out there on the court which is very much needed which is very much going through a one and done tournament so if pick selection wasn't it was an issue i would take a chance on rj barrett okay i can't take a chance on cam reddish i agree i think he's more talented and more talented of a shooter than we saw i just think there's too much to question and where his mindset is at after a year like that you may see Cam Reddish. I'm not trying to make some bold prediction here. He might be a player that ends up having a decent NBA career, but maybe not with the team that drafts him. It's one of those things where gets in the NBA, has, takes a couple years to really learn it, gets moved from one team to another, gets that reset, that restart. I'm he's, not saying he's going to be this guy. You know, by no means, different right. positions, everything. But I could see something along the lines of like a Jalen Rose, where he bounced around for a little bit, and then finally he won most improving player of the year. I think that that would be a style of career that he could, you know, especially to get one day. Yeah, yeah. I. So, right now, who is your pick for the Cavs? Just let's lay it out there. I know mine's I, Culver. Yours I would, is. I would prefer Culver over Hunter, okay. but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bitch and moan if you know they take Culver at four and Hunter's there. I'm fine right. with that. I don't want Reddish at five. If if we had number eight, nine, ten, I think Reddish would be an awesome pick for us. But we're at number five. You don't want to screw that up. So for you, it's not necessarily the player we get it's you're more set on you're more definitive on I'm players okay you don't want to see i'm honestly okay with whoever falls to us yeah at number five and as whether that's hunter see, or culver as long as it's not reddish that's me personally i think something else with having picked 26 them kind of being reported to like a few guys mm-hmm. i wonder if there will be a, an attempt to try to trade around to get it's a good possibility but that's gonna have to be done on kobe's shoulders oh, yeah. and where's dan in the whole mix you know with with the whole situation so we're definitely going to see what Kobe's all about yes yeah I think that this year is we're definitely going to see that staying in the NBA tonight game one of the NBA finals feels like a lot longer to get to this point than even when we had a team going to four straight finals and you're like oh can it just be June already and you're in February like can it just be June already feels even longer this year with without having a team in there I haven't watched much of the NBA playoffs but tonight in Toronto Golden State takes on the Raptors. KD will not play. However, news did break earlier within that same uh, conversation or just after that conversation with Brian Windhurst on RBS on ESPN Cleveland. And I think Aaron Goldhammer mentioned it because he said he saw some breaking news in the NBA. Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, is active for Game 1. Do you think, just an initial reaction, do you think that has any impact on, on Game 1? 
no. in a positive or negative manner for depending on how much he plays. I don't think that it has any sort of negative impact whenever it comes to the Warriors. If anything, it's going to be an emotional boost for them. Mm-hmm. You're seeing their brother get back out on the court. You know, they didn't think that he was going to even be there this the, the remaining portion of this year, possibly you know miss some portion of next year because they were saying that he might need surgery on it. I think it's going to be more of an emotional boost for the Warriors. That doesn't mean that they're going to win tonight. I kind of feel like this is going to be one of those games where I think Toronto could get out to a fast lead, actually end up winning the first game. Just that emotional, I you know, their first mm-hmm. time in the NBA Finals and just going crazy with it. I could see the Raptors winning tonight's game and then getting, you know, four and out, uh, you know, the, the rest of the series. Just that emotional burst of atmosphere mm-hmm. there for the Raptors is going to be something fun to watch. It's something that I always wanted to see here right. with the Cavs. We always run the road every single time yep. out to Oakland for game one. Imagine what the queue would have been like. And I'm calling it the queue. I really don't care <laughs> right now because in these moments it was the queue. Imagine what that scene would have been like for game one would have been awesome. in Cleveland. With these sports fans here, like us, in this town for game one of the NBA Finals, imagine what kind of emotional lift that would have been for that kind of team. LeBron always said that going on the road, he enjoyed even more. Like he loves playing. Sure. He loved. He loves playing in front of the home fans wherever he's played. Cleveland, Miami, LA. However, in the playoffs, he thrives on those road games. I just think it would have been a cool, cool scenario to see a game one here in Cleveland. So, you mentioned your thoughts on, on game one. I think that if the Raptors want to have any shot of making this a competitive series, because we have not seen a competitive finals in the last couple of years. Right. If anybody wants to see a competitive finals, you better hope that the Raptors win game one. Yeah, they Find have a way to win game one. Yeah. I'm not saying that even that makes them lead win the series, but that builds the confidence. It takes it from a five up to a nine, at least, if not to a ten in this series. If you win game one on your home floor, now the energy that's in Toronto goes up exponentially, and that emotional lift can just continue to carry this team. If the Warriors win game one, all but over. Honestly. I 100% agree with that. What is your what is your pick for for the series? Because I I know we don't we don't really want to dwell too much on this. Mm-hmm. I can't give the it's, Golden State Warriors that much <laughs> that much airtime here in Cleveland. Right? But. No, it's 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 tough to even just so, think. So your think prediction on the series and key to key to the series. I, I have Warriors in five, mm-hmm. uh, which you know dates back to you know what we were saying on the last podcast. I think the Warriors are going to win it in five, and I'm hoping. You know, once again, I hate to do this, you know, but Kevin Durant is out for the foreseeable future is what we've been told. If he's not in it, it just puts an asterisk on everything that the Warriors have done for over the last three years. If the Warriors win it without Kevin Durant, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I think it's what we're going to end up seeing. Kevin might play one or two games in the series, but they're... I don't think it's going to matter as much. So I think it says one of two things, that he decided to take the trip, or he is on the trip to Toronto. He's with the team right now. It says one of two things. Either he's very close to coming back, and they think, team doctors think,
think KD thinks he's going to play in game two. Yeah. Or with the team playing so well without him, he feels left out and he's trying to trying to get that connection, that reconnect with the team, even not being out very long either. You know, the playoffs it feels like a lot longer. He hasn't missed that many games in the grand scheme of things. I think it's what, seven or eight now? Yeah. I it's it's either he thinks he's gonna play or he's just missing it that much and wants to be around it because he's already hearing the rumblings of, well, does this team even need him? So if he's not around and kind of getting in the coach's ear, getting in his his brother's ears about, oh, can't wait to get back out there with him. Hey, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that on the court. Here's how we can improve. Those types of things. Then, you know, he may feel like, Oh well, if even if I get healthy, will will they even bring me back or bring me back so soon? Because the chemistry is all there. Yeah. So I need to be there and be present so that they actually do bring me back. Now, knowing that it is the finals tonight, it kind of got me reminiscing a little bit about the the last four years. To be honest, just looking at what we got to experience here, it, it's sad not to be in the finals and not to be at this level. But I enjoy and appreciate it that much more. And I think that the championship in 2016, if our predictions come true, now mine is Warriors in five as well. Okay. If these predictions come true, that championship, and Brian Winhart said it this morning, it's the great way to look at it. His line was that championship in 2016 is aging like fine wine. It's 100% right. Whenever it comes down to the 2016 NBA Finals, mm-hmm. we're always going to remember it for the three plays in Game 7, but there were so many other highlights of that series. Whenever LeBron and Kyrie both dropped 41, yep. you know, Draymond getting kicked out, you know, Steph throwing his mouthpiece. There was so many iconic there were little moments. things. Yeah, those moments, moments. Those mental that, pictures. That meant something to everyone in Cleveland. I don't care how you feel about LeBron James. I don't care about how you feel about Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love or Tyron Liu. They all came together and delivered the most magnificent championship I think any sports team or franchise has ever seen. The fact that we are the only ones to have beat the Golden State Warriors so this in point. this dominant run. Let's be honest, I don't think the right. Raptors are going to be pulling it off. We don't think, but we have to But we have to you know, we have to acknowledge the, the chance that. is there. I think it's the most magnificent championship that we have ever seen ever in in any sport. For what it means for what it means to the city, for what it means to every individual player, what it meant to LeBron James. Mm. He, he didn't cry in in the back-to-back, no. you know, wins that they that he had Which, down in Miami. I got to be honest, I found odd. When I saw him react, right. and he was just, and yeah, it looked like a weight was lifted off his shoulders. But knowing how he wears his emotions on his sleeve, I thought you'd see more of that. We saw that man break down on the court. And that shows crying. you how much it meant to win one with Cleveland on his chest. He's not going to do that. If he ever wins another one, and I know that you think that he could win a couple. I think he could. He, he's never going to do that with the Lakers. He's never going to do that with another team. We will never see a more raw emotional state mm-hmm. of LeBron James or any player for that matter than what we saw in that game seven and actually in that series itself. Oh yeah. Cause you just you could just tell what it meant to him. It made me <laughs> it made me cry. Yep. Yeah. Because same it just 
you really could see that in Miami, a weight was lifted off his shoulders, but there was always something in the back of his head. And I think that thing in the back of his head was, well, the way I left wasn't that I left, but the way I left and what I told, what I said before I left and when I was in Cleveland the first time, to be able to come back and actually, because nothing's ever guaranteed and getting back to the finals <laughs> each year was never guaranteed. We look back at it now, eight straight finals, what a great accomplishment. None of those years were ever guaranteed and to actually win one that was never a guarantee so to actually be able to to deliver on that was just so impactful and that is why this is the lebron james podcast and that is why i will continue to buy lebron (laughs) james shoes when i have the money for it that's right that's right when i'm being financially responsible you know i actually bought a pair of Kyrie's. speaking of Kyrie, did you I, I i bought a pair of Kyrie's. oh man like about a week and a half ago okay did you see the friends Kyrie's? Yeah, yeah, I did. I had to buy them, man. Did you really? Cuz I'm a huge fan of that show. Hey, it's it's a great show. And they're comfortable shoes. Fair. I didn't feel great about it, but I don't I don't think I that I really hold as much animosity against Kyrie as a lot of people do. I right. just think that the dude's off his rocker when he talks. I, he's completely off his rocker. I don't <laughs> have great shoes. They make great shoes for him though. <laughs> <laughs> and his friends, man, I I'm like I said, I'm such a huge fan. It's it's more of like a memento for being a fan of the show. I mean, if it came down, yeah, if it came down to Kyrie or you know, like you know, the Kyrie's or like Kevin Durant's shoes or Steph Curry's shoes, yeah, I'm going Kyrie all day. My my nephew, the reason why I brought that up, my nephew's you know ten years old, and he has a pair of Durant's, and I'm just like, like, why, man? Come on, come on, man. Right, but honestly, for my expertise, well, I don't want to call it expertise. My expertise. <laughs> Sorry, I, too big of a word. <laughs> Dropping the expert level yeah. on us. I mean, I am. They consider me a four specialist at See? my job. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> but just looking at the shoes, they they're just not well put together. Yeah. And then Steph Curry's. I will give Under Armour credit because I think that those shoes have gotten better in terms of structure and what they put into them. I mean, they look. Like grandpa shoes. Yeah, and and the <laughs> material used. It, here's the thing: with all these signature shoes, the thing behind it is that's like a 15 month process for developing these shoes. Right. So while LeBron, let's go back to I think it was maybe September October when the first LeBron 16 came out. He had started that process in June July of 2017. Okay. So these things are in the works and it takes you usually get at least a year if not more between lebron 16 and what we'll see for lebron 17 the curries just to tell you how much they needed to keep improving you saw curry twos curry two and a halfs curry threes uh you know they kept going with 0.5 or 0.1 so they were coming up like every six months every four to six months honestly wow so they kept having to revamp the shoes so you know that it wasn't they weren't as well put together i gotcha i like i said i give under armor credit because they started as an apparel company most people don't realize that under armor started as an apparel company that have dived in dove into shoes their footwear area has vastly improved. I've worked with shoes for the last 
three or four years is vastly improved and some of the technology that they're putting into their running shoes now some of the top of the line stuff that you're going to find out there and some of the most supportive and comfortable things you're going to find but as a fan never touching kds (laughs) with all that being said i'm never touching kds i'm never touching steph curry's you know there was a point when we were playing the warriors so much that every time i touched a steph curry box and had to bring it to a customer i went to go wash my hands it's a good call or use purell (laughs) <laughs> use some hand sanitizer. I, I could stuff. see that. I could see you doing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody that found out wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> I've gotten better now. I don't. It's not as as intense anymore. I've, right. I've realized how to find reality in the situation. It's Steph Curry is a good player. Going to go down as one of the better point guards in this league and in, in league history. Absolutely. I just don't have to like him, but I respect his game. That's right. I, I respect his game. I respect the yep. talent level out there. As we switch gears here, just towards the end of the podcast, Brown's conversation, just to bring up a couple of things, because you posted a poll on our Twitter, at VTL underscore pod. Question of the week, Baker and the guy, what's his name? I'm going to let you say because I can't. Colin Cowherd. That guy. Um, that dude. <laughs> that dude. Um, they are still kind of going at it. Colin has comments about Baker. Baker continues to respond, and it seems to be getting a little out of hand, honestly, Yeah. on how much the back and forth is and where the comments are going. The tone of the comments doesn't seem as funny anymore. It's a little bit more personal. Yeah. So we post the poll, and I know a lot of people have been asking this question, but we wanted to ask it as well. Uh, Paul, I, I, what was the question that you asked? Should the Browns, Baker Mayfield, end his feud with Colin Cowherd? Yeah, so that is that is the question going around the city. Should Baker end this feud with Colin? Should he just ignore him, move on, focus on football? What is the What are the poll results at this point? Uh, it's actually a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, right now, it is actually 55 percent say yes he should end his feud to 45 percent you know saying no so actually very surprising and do you fall in the 55 percent or the 45 percent i actually do fall into the 55 percent okay i never thought in a million years because i no. loved the back and forth that yeah. they had going on but i think colin actually was trying to kill it the other day and i think baker brought it right back up and I think whenever it comes down to it, you always want to take the high road. I I, I get it. it. Whenever it's fl- you know fun and playful and you know ha ha ha, everything's you know all More fun like and Baker games. Baker and Grossi, Tony right, Grossi, exactly. be reporter for ESPN, Cleveland for the Browns. Exactly. Whenever it's fun and games like that, all good. You know, the other day, you know, uh, they had the Browns golfing, you know, the uh, the golf yeah. shootout, and ESPN 850 was there. Aaron uh, Goldhammer and Tony Rizzo was yeah. there, and Baker. Baker actually ended up stopping by, mm-hmm. you know, just said some pleasantries. <laughs> Tony goes, he came walking out towards the end. Tony, hey, Tony, there's Tony. Yep, and then ended <laughs> up walking right past him. But whenever it got, whenever it, it was funny because Aaron, you know, starts shooting him over some questions, and Aaron's actually blocked by Baker Mayfield. So he asked him, "Hey, uh, can I get unblocked?" And he was like, "No, no." <laughs> like, like it's funny, right. you know, to, to see Not that. And and Aaron was like, Not "Okay, cool, you know, whatever." Uh, so that's. Funny fun and games, but I think it was getting a little personal uh, with Colin, you know, calling him a liar, calling him, you know, a tough guy behind the mic. I did like the fact that he, you know, asked him, hey, what's, you know, what's your shirt size small? Like, I thought that that was, uh, it was a little below the belt, but it was funny. Um, I just think 
Baker needs to end it because we're getting into that mandatory uh, training camp. You know, it's coming up. He needs to start focusing on just football. I'm telling him from my standpoint, I would have ended it by now at this point in time, would have squashed it. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't mention Colin because that's all he wants. He wants those clicks. That's all he wants. For me, I would have squashed it. We would have been done. I just would have been, I'm not taking any more Colin Cowherd questions. He can do whatever he wants. I'm worried, you know, I'm, I'm not worried, but I am more concerned about, you know, learning the offense and, you know, getting things prepared for, um, you know, for training camp. Based on my personal approach to something like this, I would say that I would fall into the 55%, but I'm not going to tell Baker what to do at all. And that's fair. I mean, I would, I would say end it just sure. Not even to not even just end it. Just yeah. Just if stop. you're in his shoes, yeah. I right. mean, what would you do? Just I would just stop mentioning it all. I would just kind of almost cut cold turkey. Just get get him out. Don't even let any questions even before any press conference or uh, talks at the podium after practice, or whatever. Just let reporters know right beforehand. Have the PR guys tell the reporters, "Hey, no questions about this going on. He's done with it. He doesn't even want to talk about it anymore. He's focused on football. Something like." that i i know that that's not always a great thing to hear from these guys that they don't want to take questions on a certain thing and that doesn't always stop questions from happening really never does <laughs> right but if if they're if the person's really done with the conversation or doesn't want to talk about it they're going to reiterate that next during, question yeah during yeah. the press conference so that way that that tells you okay then they re- he really doesn't he's really kind of done with this but with that being said until since there really isn't too much football going on and from video and highlights at, from OTAs and stuff it does seem like Baker still has his mind on what it should be and he puts it elsewhere as well he's able to kind of balance the two and having this ego that we always talk about having this big personality and he did say that he is a different cat he's yeah. you know because Colin was like Tom Brady wouldn't do and, this and, you know uh, Russell Wilson wouldn't you know who would though and he has come out and done it Aaron Rodgers yeah Aaron Rodgers is a different dude you know people think that he might be the greatest quarterback of all time he doesn't have the rings he doesn't have the stature like that but a lot of people view him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time he's a different dude that's exactly what you know Baker is as well and he said so himself yeah I don't want my quarterback to be Tom like if we're gonna get six Super Bowls yeah sure you know I want Tom Brady or I want you know a couple Super Bowls from Peyton Manning I don't want them to be exactly like Tom Brady I want the talent level to be there the ability to get a team to win a Super Bowl I want that to be here like if you're gonna compare the two like that's what I'm looking for if you if you can't handle your quarterback being different with the talent he has out there then let's just go back to where we were one in 31 yeah, you want not, Sean Kaiser he, yeah. he was a great guy right let's go back to all that not having a quarterback every single year hearing people like Tony Rizzo say find me my quarterback switching back from find me my kicker we have to go back <laughs> to find me my quarterback guess what our quarterback is here so I don't want our quarterback to change who he is maybe just find ways to channel that ego channel that personality towards what we want to see again would i end this 
Absolutely, because it's ridiculous. I don't even want to mention the guy's name. Some of what Baker said I think is true because he has stale takes. When you bring up sure. guys like Tom Brady, oh, this he wouldn't do this, and that guy wouldn't do this. Guess what? Tom Brady isn't Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning wasn't uh, wasn't Bart Starr, the legendary, the late Bart Starr. These guys were, aren't all the same. They may share some similar characteristics. Guess what? The similar characteristics I want to see on my quarterback is being able to throw that ball over the field, get it, get it into your weapon's hands, go win some games and put your team in a position to win the ultimate prize in the NFL, the Super Bowl. Back it off a little bit, but I want my quarterback, I want the players in this town to be who they are. That's just the reality of the situation. I'm not going to hogtie players. I'm going to let them be themselves, find a way to come together chemistry-wise, put the best product on the field, win the ultimate goal. And I, uh, that was a that was a hell of a little mini a rant, rant right there. Not even need loved it. <laughs> I didn't loved even it. know I was going to do that. I have zero issues with Baker's ego. I think that Baker's ego is what makes him special. Mm-hmm. I think it really sets him apart from some of the other quarterbacks out there. Because you hear something about like Kyler Murray not having that leadership factor, and a lot of people are like, "Well, what does that mean?" Yeah, he's a great player, but he doesn't motivate his teammates, you know, like Baker does. Baker is a fan favorite here in Cleveland and he is a player's dream of a quarterback because you want that cocky brash quarterback out there mm-hmm. as long as he backs it up that's what matters and over time Baker's 24 years old who wasn't doing stupid crap 24 years old I know Tom Brady probably was I know you know Peyton Manning yeah, Peyton Man- there's things that he did at Tennessee that are terrible yeah. and shouldn't have been done. And he's, you know, he's come out and he said, "Hey, I regret doing those things. If you want to look them up, go right ahead. I'm not bringing them out there." But he's done stupid stuff before. He's not the only person that has done, you know, stupid stuff. Yeah. At the same time, I don't think that you have the right to tell, you know, Baker, "Hey, shut your mouth. You're acting just like, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Manziel. You're you're doing things out there." I would just tell him, Baker, dude. Me, I'm done. Like, I I don't want to be doing that. You can do you, but... For me personally, I'd be done with the whole rift itself. And the and the society we're in now, the ability to interact and interact instantaneously with information and comments with social media, it's not an excuse. Right. But that is that's where society's going, and that's kind of where Baker's generation and younger. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's going on. Right. So you're gonna see different you're gonna see this translate more and more. That's just what's going on. Before we get out of here quickly, because we'll get into this more next week. But do you think by the time we record next week, what team do you think Gerald McCoy is playing for? Ooh, good call. Um, I completely forgot about Gerald McCoy there for us. I think he ends up with the Panthers. For me personally, I don't think that they can't offer him the most amount of money. But at this point in time, I think it's a little bit more about revenge uh, whenever it comes yeah, to it. Because NFC he, South. Yep. Exactly. He'll be able to uh, you know face Tampa Bay you know twice over the next however many years with it. You know. If they want to give him an extended contract. I think he's going to make the most money here in Cleveland. But I think there's that little spot in his mind that he's he wants more revenge than anything, which is fine. Hey, go right ahead. I don't blame him. 
I'll just say Browns, but honestly, yep. I don't care. And we'll get into that next week on why I don't care where Jerry McCoy plays. A little tease for next week. That is going to wrap it up for episode 23, the LeBron James, King James episode, the Voice of Land podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all to have, to have reached out, voted on our polls. We appreciate it all. Please share the message. More and more people that listen, we love you all. We love you all, 3,000. And for Nick Paulus, I am Kevin Arnold saying – To all you sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We'll see you next week.